no, 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 I'm your host, Anthony Mays, and I'm joined by Jake Hoy and Anthony Canton III. This week, we're leaving the Yankees to play amateur ring toss. Talking about Wes Anderson's favorite show, Better Call Saul. Episode 9, Bad Choice Road. Our cold open this week is a split-screen diptych callback to last season's Episode 7, Something Stupid, which covered the eight-month time jump. Starts with toothbrushing, Kim's in her cast. They use the same song by Lola Marsh, but this time it's just humming. Jimmy continues his walkabout while Kim walks about the apartment, fiendishly smoking cigarettes. Jimmy drinks piss while Kim drinks water. He finally gets cell service and tells her he's okay. Just beautiful. Really liked it. And it was funny, as he says he's okay, the the fly uh, goes right by his mouth. Which, which was, I'm sure that it wasn't intended probably, but it was just like, it was ironic in a way. I think after the ant debacle, every insect is planned on this show. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it could have been good fortune though. Digital fly or analog fly, Jake? <laughs> analog fly, like an actual fly could have just gone through with that mode. It is the desert. Well, it's funny because Westworld did the same thing, right? So it's... Yes. Do these flies mean anything? Is that a callback to the episode, The Fly? <laughs> How much significance do we have to read into every single detail? The funny thing is when I was thinking of The flies, like overlap with Westworld and, and Saul, we don't really get that overlap. <laughs> <laughs> this episode follows a fairly linear plot. Instead of alternating between two storylines, everything's kind of centered around the same thing. Jimmy and Mike wait outside a gas station and crunch ice. Tyrus and Victor arrive to ferry them back to reality. They also send flatbeds to clear out the bodies and vehicles like it never happened, except for the Red Bronco, because we don't know where that is. Don't go to sleep yet. We got to work on your story, Mike says. Saul takes the seven mil to the bail bonds cashier. The money laid out on the table as it's being counted is a future callback, Jake, to Walt's stash that Huel and QB lie on in Breaking Bad Season 5, Episode 10, Buried. <laughs> the ADA is in disbelief, and the cashier returns the extra 100 k for Saul's fee. Lala walks free. Jimmy tells him he had car trouble. RIP to the Suzuki Esteem. Lalo praises him. Jimmy warns that this little stunt got the ADA's attention. By the time these dipshits figure it out, I will be long gone, man. 
Back home in Mexico, you know. Yeah. Hey, 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 but don't worry. You and me, we're not done. We're gonna do things. Big things. Friend of the cartel, right? Right. Right. So, hey, my, um, my cousins, they pay you? Perfecto. So make sure you buy something nice for the wife. Man, she's a looker, huh? Uh, my, my what? Yeah, the weather, man. She came by to see me. Hey, nice job, eh? I mean, for somebody who marries that far up, bien hecho, man. Respect, you know? This guy is just tremendous. That's the thing, again, just by mentioning her, even the way Jimmy looks at him, he realizes he must be thinking like right back to that that point where Mike tells him, oh, well, she's in the game now. And that all comes back into fruition with that scene. Yeah, big time. Kim draws Jimmy an oatmeal bath, wants to take him to the hospital. What is this, cream of wheat? As Jimmy's conversation with Mike weighs heavily on him, he brings up Lalo, telling Kim to stay away. I'm in the game. You're not in the game. Kim asks if it was worth it. Jimmy says, go look at the money. And in a crushing turn, she discovers the coffee mug complete with bullet hole. Great shot of her eye through the coffee mug. Then this scene was really tremendous between Mike and Gus, where Mike gives Gus the post-game report. Mike believes these guys wanted no part of the Salamanca twins. Mike recognized their tattoos from a job back east, and after drawing the symbol for Gus, he recognizes it and knows they were hired by Don Juan Bolsa. Mm, what a surprise. Gus calls Juan to share the good news of Lalo's release and return to Mexico. Gus says forfeiting bail is the only way to assure he will remain out of prison. We talked the last time, and I was speculating Gus had set this all up to create the facade of a, a drug war that takes Lalo out and, and diverts attention. So interesting that it turns out to be an inside job, but from the other side. Now, what did they stand to gain by depriving Lalo of his bail money? Don Juan's motivation is mysterious. And so he references Gus's bad luck implying that he knows that Lalo is causing it. The DEA, the fire, the arrests. Right. Yep. Gus shuts off the charm when he hangs up the phone. He was trying to protect his own business by protecting our business. Right. The look on Mike's face at this point is like, what is this idiot doing? (laughs) Right. And Gus doesn't, I mean, Gus plays everything close to the vest, but how close to the vest does he need to play something with one of the few people he can even talk to true because now mike is firmly in they don't have the history they're going to have but they do seem to have a common purpose now and and mike is all in and gus is glad to have him all in is he snowing mike in this situation is he grimacing through a smile kind of thing and feeding him a line of bullshit or is he being genuine? Cool. That's a good question. Cause I mean, obviously we know that by season three of breaking bad, that's when uh, Gus has Juan taken out. 
I don't know if this is the start to that in in some in some type of way. I'm not sure. I'm very curious. Bolsa is a chump. Yes. Clearly. And what happened here is that Gus put Lalo in jail and then decides he has to get him out of jail and out of the country. So he engineered the bail situation through Mike. But Bolsa, who has no idea that Gus is doing any of this, thinks that he has to keep Lalo in jail to end Gus's bad luck because it's fucking up the business. Ah, good, good, good. I like, that's Mm -hmm. a good, yeah, that's a good read. Okay, that, that works. Meanwhile, Gus is in God mode and Mike took out all these dudes to ensure their plan of getting Lalo out. And Olsa, it's completely mishandled by him they're not working together obviously but they're working to the same purpose separately with different ideas of how to get there that makes perfect sense i dig it before he leaves mike asks to cut nacho loose gus denies the appeal a dog who bites every owner he's had can only be disciplined with a firm hand or put down this is a reminder that nacho has nowhere to go just like when we hear Kim talk later to Lalo mm-hmm. about you can't trust anybody in your crew, mm-hmm. and and then you get this gust scene. There's no way this ends well for Nacho at all. I well, feel so bad for him. Nacho went down bad choice road a long time ago. He right? sure did. Yeah, it's in many ways informing what he says to Saul in the car mike's really caping up for the doomed here Mm -hmm. yeah for sure as we learned in last episode he likes to keep people he cares about far away from this shit but here he is falling for people who are deeply in the game deeply down the bad choice road he's sympathetic to nacho yes at least that story you know i mean he says you know that doesn't sit well with me that you've got a gun to his father's head yeah that's the line that's being crossed, right? For Mike, it's like right. I'm in the game. That was my choice. Not don't just mess with the, the family. That's his choice. But don't yeah. bring people in who shouldn't be in the innocence. That said, it's a cartel business, and that's the way it works. That's not a mystery. Yeah, they don't care. That uh, shouldn't be a mystery to Mike, anyway. How does Mike keep Kaylee and Stacy away from Gus? It's a great question. Maybe that's what worries him because you can't. He knows what Gus would do. Mm-hmm. And remember, he had gone through a situation prior with Hector before he met Gus. The twins pointed at Kaylee. Mm, the twins. Yeah. And twins. <laughs> Nacho tells Tyrus Lalo's plans, wonders if he's free after this. Just do as you're told. <laughs> Fucking sucks. <laughs> Poor Nacho. I feel bad for him. Oh, man. Kim is making coffee and juice, gets Jimmy a bowl of cereal. She already called out sick. The purr of the juicer gives Jimmy PTSD, and he spikes the cereal on the ground. Mm. Jimmy soaks his feet in cactus toe. Kim proposes a day without drama, but Jimmy is more than a little distracted. (laughs) He gets a call and decides he has to go defend a client, mostly so he can get away from Kim. Kim says she knows he's lying and offers him yet another opportunity to come clean, but Jimmy just tells her he drank his own pee. This is a 
future callback, Jake. <laughs> the escalation of the lie. <laughs> Loop opener. Loop opener. Thank you. <laughs> Kim decides to go into work, finds herself not needed. While dictating a letter to the members of a planning commission, she looks at her framed photo from a pro bono client and loses her train of thought. Kim pulls Rick into his office and resigns. The camera lingers outside, so we can't really hear. Kim asks Marcy to send all her pro bono files, box up all her shit, and return it in the company car. One last long hesitation on her way out before she returns for the Zafiro Anejo tequila bottle stopper. She can't make an omelet without breaking a couple eggs. So it's Easter egg time. Just give me all the bacon and eggs you have. Wait, wait. I worry what you just heard was... Give me a lot of bacon and eggs. What I said was, give me all the bacon and eggs you have. Do these eggs. Let's crack these eggs. <laughs> I loved this. This is Kim and Jimmy's totem. It's the $50 a shot tequila that Victor and Giselle con the guy into drinking in season two, episode one. Yes. Jimmy buys a bottle to celebrate the Sandpiper win in season three, episode nine. But Kim gets in her accident. So they end up finishing the bottle after Chuck's suicide in season four, episode one. This is also, of course, the tequila that Gus uses to poison Don Eladio. Oh, my gosh. This, wow. And the message here is the bond is substantial. Yeah, between it's gotten so two. much stronger. It's the one thing she takes. It's the one thing she walks out with. This was a, a curious moment. I mean, we've seen Kim be decisive. I want to say impulsive, but I don't mean impulsive like Jimmy, just like pouncing on an in, an instinct and seeing yeah. it through instantly, right? Like this needs to happen. I vacillated too much on this. I don't want to be here. It's like she did a Chris Cuomo, went on a podcast, shit on her whole career, and then but followed through. She didn't back down the next day. But what was interesting about it, and I'm wondering if you saw this, you know, it was it happens after seeing the money in the bag. That's interesting. That is interesting. Good point. Good point. Right? Think about it. And after Jimmy lies to her again. Exactly. Right. So you would think, you would think maybe she'd be like, not a good time to leave the stable thing. Right. But she does the opposite, which is so often what happens with Kim. Is she defies our expectation. You thought she was telling him they were going to break up. Instead, she tells him we should get married. We thought she was going to get fired. She quits. Right. True. There's that, too. Oh, man. This is interesting. There's just been so many moments where she's been impulsive and made decisions we wouldn't necessarily expect. And then you're still trying to figure out what's the psychology behind it. Is it just her relationship with Jimmy that draws her into that? Or is it just something with her? that allows her to make those choices or is kim breaking bad <laughs> <laughs> that's possible i mean i do think a big part of it is that they're allied it's the most curious relationship we may have ever seen depicted on a show and we've talked about this in the past is it's almost like they're best friends who end up in a romantic relationship, but we don't often see a romantic component to their relationship. What we see is a kinship. They could easily be a brother and sister. 
Most really, this time. year, this season, we've seen the romantic uh, love element of their relationship. More than ever. Yeah, more, more than ever. ever. That's the parallel of the diptychs. The callback to the previous diptych was them growing apart. Right. Mm-hmm. And now we see them closer than ever. It's going to make that heartbreak so bad when oh. they get separated. Oh. oh, man. <laughs> Lalo goes to say goodbye to his despondent Uncle Hector. Lalo assures him they can still fuck with Gus long distance and take what's his. We get an 11 month timeline until Tuco is out of jail and a shot of Hector in a birthday hat. La familia es todo. Mm-hmm. Nacho's waiting in the car and they drive to the border. Victor, I don't know if he follows them, but he's watching them, making sure the package is leaving the facility and out for delivery. <laughs> Saul is at the courthouse getting dunked on repeatedly by Bill Oakley, our local New Mexico actor. Love this guy. It was pretty funny. There you were, (laughs) snatching defeat from the jaws of victory. You'll probably have to change your name again. (laughs) Get him, Oakley. Falls him to the stairwell. What a dick. So that's what I was Uh, thinking at the time. There's always that dude. It's come up in, though. It's come up in. Remember Saul? came up on him with the, the fake camera crew while he was trying to eat his like lunch <laughs> on the go earned him real bad yeah. this is revenge i also love that we don't see the case at all we don't go inside the courtroom right. we just get yeah. the post game it's fantastic <laughs> which is, you know it's funny that you mentioned that because it's like another reminder of how this show has shifted tonally like we've gone away from the law stuff completely well the Fish. first few episodes were almost pure comedy it's amazing right? how it's changed. Yeah. Except for the, the drug story with Nacho, but everything right. with Saul was fairly upbeat and energetic. The house for with him and Kim is just a lot of like earlier this season feels so far, far away. <laughs> yes. Yes, it does. Mike drives by and Saul hops in for another therapy session. When will this be over for me? Mike says one day Jimmy will forget about it. He doesn't feel bad because they were in the game. Jimmy brings up Fred from Travel Wire. He feels guilty for helping Lalo. Mike hints it's not the end of the story for Lalo, and Jimmy gets flustered. What do you mean? What does that mean? You're going to kill him? (laughs) We all make our choices, and those choices, they put us on a road. Once again, we're circling the themes of choice, fate, and free will, and this time it's firmly Saul's decisions that have led to the outcome. He's unscripted. He's the one who made this choice. What Mike is saying that's interesting is once you make the choice, you can't undo it no matter what you want to do. At least these choices, right? Yeah. (laughs) What's so great about this is how badly Jimmy misinterprets it later. It's one of the funniest things I think they've ever done in this show, honestly. And to name the title after it and everything. Mm Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Mike's saying the road is life. And Jimmy thinks that the road is this one path with Lalo. Right. Mike is saying every single choice you make gets you to where you are now. It's a series of choices. Which is true. That's what makes it irreversible. Mm -hmm. Whereas Jimmy kind of thinks that there's one choice that got him here and maybe there's a choice that could get him out. Feels like a little devs just got into this episode. There's so much, oh my God. (laughs) In this universe, (laughs) 
<laughs> oh man I can't believe there's like over a billion people on this planet and the only person I have to talk about this to is you <laughs> he was so whiny he was so good Nacho drives Lalo along the same route out to the well the cousins have yet to arrive right before Nacho leaves him there Lalo decides to take a second look they discover the Suzuki esteem pushed off into the ditch Lalo sticks a 25-foot broad jump off the cliff. Spider Lalo. Awesome. This is so <laughs> sick. Yeah. Yeah. You think he's flexing because he had to show off to Nacho after Nacho did the whole parkour thing? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's like, I still got it. <laughs> that was yes. tremendous. I watched that like four or five times. I had to roll it right back. I was like, that just happened? <laughs> It exhibits in its own way the physical threat of him. Big time. Yes. Like, he's just not your normal gangster. Just the way that he does everything is really fascinating. It's such a great character and such a great performance. He's one of the most jovial, life-loving, terrible people (laughs) ever created. I know! He's just so amazing. Hi, guys! (laughs) Lalo discovers the bullet hole loop closer with the same camera shot as Kim earlier. This is how they both discover that Jimmy is lying. Back to Albuquerque, Lalo says. Lalo says he will get the twins a message. Uh, How? Like smoke signals? How how do you get in touch with the Salamanca twins? At this point, it almost felt like... He was seeing dead red, but you'll you can never tell because he never shows you anger outwardly like that. Kim takes a cab home. The apartment is dark. Jimmy is disoriented from a nap and hungry. Kim has news. What kind of news? Nothing bad. That means it's good news. <laughs> Kim explains she quit. Jimmy can't begin to comprehend. When Jimmy was gone, Kim thought he was dead, which helped her to see what was important and makes her happy. Jimmy's phone starts ringing. He ignores it and tells her to reconsider. He's worried about money. That's like leaving the Yankees to play amateur ring toss. (laughs) Jimmy proceeds to mangle Mike's quote like a game of telephone. Look, we all make choices, right? And those choices, they put us on a road. And the road has good choices and it has bad choices. And this is a bad choice road. What are you (laughs) even talking about? He was so disoriented. He disoriented me the way he was talking, but it was funny. (laughs) I heard this really smart, wise man say this thing before I took a long nap. And this is all that's left. This is the aftertaste of this insight that I received. This guy I hate. (laughs) I I gave some good advice earlier. (laughs) (laughs) Not that I helped me he's the only person i could talk to (laughs) but it's gonna help you this whole thing was was tough because you're like dude she's taken everything you've thrown at her (laughs) gone with it you know and here you are immediately rejecting her ideas somebody posted on twitter the kim wexler arguments she's undefeated Never lost. She's undefeated, (laughs) dude. Jimmy believes success is binary while Kim is more intuitive and tells Jimmy it's Nunya. Nunya damn business. Knock at the door. Oh, boy. This scene proceeds to hit the afterburners just like Mike in his car going 900 miles an hour. How great was that? 
Jimmy finally answers the phone as Kim answers the door. Mike tells him to put the phone down so he can hear. Hey, guys. I come in. (laughs) He doesn't say, can I come in? He says, I come in. (laughs) Lalo taps the fish tank repeatedly, which upsets the fish. Lalo says Kim should stay. She's part of the legal team and asks Jimmy to walk him through the story. First time Jimmy repeats the same story is outside of jail. Tell me again. With a smile. (laughs) Jimmy repeats it again, adds in the drinking piss detail, just like he did with Kim. Lalo shushes Kim, taps on the fish tank again, asks to hear it again. We see that Mike has Lalo in his crosshairs and is listening. Jimmy tells it again, slower and with more intensity. For relaxing times, make it Suntory time. カット、カット、カット、カット。本当に分かってんなんだ、トボケちゃって。これサントリーの響きだよ。高いんだからサントリーの中で一番。もうもっと高級な気持ちで。ね。日常的なお酒じゃないんだよ。くじゅどいつそ
Tell me. Because I think I know why you sent him to do this job. It's obvious. You have no one else you can trust. Right? So you sent some lawyer through the desert with your, with your seven million bucks? That I, no offense, but you need to get your house in order. Oh, really? Yeah, really. If you don't trust your men with your money, you have bigger problems than if you trust Saul Goodman. And for the record, he doesn't lie. Not to me, not to his clients. He's telling you the truth. But next time you have a bunch of money and no one you can trust, leave him out of it, okay? Try a, a, a wire transfer, try a, a shell company, or, or you've heard of the Cayman Islands, right? Jesus, get your shit together and stop torturing the one man who went through hell to save your ass. I was waiting for this argument, by the way, not for the cup, <laughs> mm -hmm. but for, for them to present this idea that like, dude, it's in the desert people have guns all over the place anybody's gonna yeah, shoot you know what business you car. work in yeah <laughs> love that you know what was interesting about this episode was there was a lot of this courtroom drama happening in small spaces throughout the episode right it happened between mike and gus when mike's presenting right. the case for nacho to be released and he's rejected mm -hmm. you know and mm. then there's this courtroom drama in in Saul and Kim's place where suddenly Saul's the defendant he's on the stands can you repeat your statement that's incredible yeah 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 wow oh good point Kim saves Jimmy knowing that he was lying to her and in turn lies to Lalo while reducing him to ash and rubble just unfucking believable shit from her here she also displays a firm grasp of how to run an illegal operation Showcasing her potential, Jake, for new employment. <laughs> I, dude, are you with me? Are you with me here? This was a compelling case. You saw how much Lalo responded to it. At the beginning of the episode, he's expressing new respect for Saul based on Kim, but it's the superficial respect of you got a hot chick. Una guera. And now at the end of the episode, you don't just have a hot chick. You have a really smart partner who's effective, maybe even better attorney than you. Who I can use and <laughs> put firmly in the game. <laughs> we can't ignore the tension, especially with Mike outside with the sniper rifle of, is everybody going to die right here? <laughs> I know. Very intense. Is, is Lalo going to shoot Kim? Is Mike going to shoot Lalo? That was a lot. I definitely was afraid for a second there, but to turn it into Kim getting a knockout in the first round. I know. Mind-blowing. It just reversed all of our expectations with her once again. Give her the Emmys now. Okay. I said from the get-go, no chance Kim was going out in this episode. This is correct. I said no chance. There's still one more episode, Jake, before you do your little cakewalk. I've said no chance whole season. Don't forget. You weren't even a little bit scared? Oh, I was definitely, it was tense. I mean, this was one of the most tense. We've seen a good amount of tense scenes 
in a number of the shows we've watched recently. And this is about the best of all of them, if not the best. Because it was. But in a, in a lot of that was Lalo's menace, that pleasant menace he does so uniquely. The gun through the window, because you know Mike can shoot, and you, you just don't know if he's going to take the opportunity. Kim stands up and gets in the sight line. <laughs> I know. Come Ooh, on. Tense. <laughs> yeah, I feel like the trajectory has kind of changed. I think, obviously, I think it's safe to say we can the carry thing? Kim into next season. Firmly go out on the Nacho might get it next week. Here's uh, what I was thinking could happen that would could have complicated a lot of things for their relationship was that Mike might take the opportunity to take Lalo out in that moment and just stop it. Well, let's talk about that. What is Mike's motivation here? Is he doing this on Gus's orders or is he just putting the cape on to protect Jimmy independently? That felt like protecting Jimmy independently. I would agree, right? Yeah, I felt like he was protecting him independently. But he must have found out from Victor. Definitely, totally. That's how he knew. He was protecting Jimmy on the one hand, but it served both purposes anyway. True. They just want him gone and they don't want him wreaking any more havoc because if Lalo does take out Kim in a situation like that, there could be blowback on the whole operation. Because it's not just your normal murder. What Mike was protecting for Gus was the information that Gus is engineering this. Definitely. Because if Saw cracks, which he was about to, Oh, good point. Yes, that too. And tells Lalo what actually happened. Lalo will blow Gus's whole entire thing up because the rest of the cartel is already not big fans of Gus. So yeah, Gus that's is always in a position thing. of trying to prove himself to them. That's a great point, Maze, because if Jimmy slips. Hey, I like that. <laughs> Slipping Jimmy. <laughs> he has been known <laughs> in the past. Great writing all around. It was really pressure packed. Kim's discomfort. She kills. She can't think of a role of somebody vacillating between the kind of earnestness she generally projects. Yeah. And these moments of tremendous emotion and anxiety. She was a very straightforward character in the first few seasons, you know? Mm-hmm. Not a lot of ups and downs. And she really is that kind of steadfast person 90% of the time. But then she's been able to like dip into like when she was cuddling with Jimmy and she kind of turned off her anxiety, if you will. Like, I don't know, it was fascinating to me. She's really like, because she had that smile on her face when the movie started. And I was like, that's incredible, you know, because he was behind her just losing his mind well she seems to have come to terms with the game a little bit yes this is what i'm talking about instead of flipping out when she found the mug with the bullet hole she put it in her pocket this is what i'm saying what did that money mean to her i don't think it was the money because she had almost no reaction to the money she goes to work and quits her job later that day If Saul's going to be making all this money, I can go pro bono and and work off the guilt that way. You know what I mean? There's this moral center to Kim, right? She does like the other side that Saul 
than Jimmy frequently inhabits. She's attracted to it. She's a danger person. Yeah. She likes to get near the edge for whatever reason. She doesn't like to walk it like Jimmy does. There's no real immorality to Kim because she's not trying to hurt anybody and there's never victims, right? She yeah. wants innocent victims, not real victims. Jimmy leaves victims in his wake, as we saw when he fucking demolished Howard's car with bowling balls. <laughs> Kim would never do that. Kim is a kind of Robin Hood character. And the whole thing about Mesa Verde, she's never felt good about it. When it was advancing her career and it meant she could get to the next level at Hamlin right. and McGill, but she didn't like it. Because it's morally and ethically bankrupt. Exactly. Mm -hmm. And that's, that's the interesting thing about the context in which we're watching the show because they've given it to us. The characters are all lawyers who are morally gray people to begin with. You have to be because your job is justice. It doesn't matter if you're defending a killer, a corporation that's evil like Mesa Verde or, you know, not necessarily ethical. It's all gray now. Maybe she's trying to karmically balance out their relationship. I think she is. If Jimmy's going to do cartel work, she's going to go full-time pro bono guardian angel. She was kind of going, all right, I guess we're friends of the cartel. <laughs> right? If Jimmy's a friend of the cartel, I'm a friend of the cartel because I'm not going anywhere. There was the moment when she picked it up. Uh, well... I'll see if I can tease it out of him later. But she doesn't turn around and just say, you're lying to me. We just had this conversation two nights ago. The best part of the whole thing is that she was 100% right about Lalo. Yeah. What a shitty operation they're running. Dude. He can't absolutely. trust anybody. Yeah. That was the beauty of the argument she framed because while that was the unanticipated part, because like I was saying, I was in my head going, you've got an out here. Just tell them everybody shoots the car. But then she took it that extra step further. This is on you. If that's Tuco, obviously he shoots her immediately, right? Lalo, he's not reckless. So instead of responding emotionally to getting dressed down by Una Guerra, <laughs> he's going back to Mexico to come up with the next part of the plan. Oh, yeah. Man. yeah. It's incredible. It's a businessman. He's fucking smart even though he runs a shit operation hold, hold on well, he only inherited let's not forget sorry ac i'm gonna give okay, you the yeah, floor yeah, yeah. in a sec I'm, I'm gonna give you a chance on the mic dude <laughs> back up back up the predictor's here <laughs> give the predictor some room <laughs> give me a minute to finish i'm gonna kanye your ass buddy oh my god don't forget though Lalo inherited this operation. Oh, he didn't put it together himself. He's not responsible for the people that he has under him. Oh, so you're saying he's just cleaning up Hector's shit pile? Exactly. That makes yeah, that's, you're right. You're right. That's the only point I wanted to make there. And he's been a little distracted with all this this petty gamesmanship with Gus. Yes, exactly. I'm glad y'all mentioned Tuco. Because another thing that happened in this episode was Lalo talking about Tuco getting out in 11 months. Are we thinking there's a time jump in between this season and the next one? There has to be a time jump at some point, but I wouldn't say between the seasons. Lalo tells Nacho to drive him to Mexico, but not the well. There's been a change of plans. Probably headed back to cartel headquarters. What Lalo's next move is will be very interesting. 
pretty much anything is in play here. I, I think he still believes that Saul is lying to him. No one is safe. No He's one is not safe. sold, but he can't prove it. He got dunked on. He got to go recover from that. I think I could see Nacho getting killed in this next episode. Why do you think that? Why do you think Nacho's road is over at this point? There's just been so many scenes alluding to you can't trust such and such. I thought the gust to Mike as far as the whole dog scenario with Nacho was another sign. And how many times has Lalo said, oh, I can't trust this dude. And then Kim reiterates that at the end of this episode. You can't trust anybody you work with. The fact that they're going on this drive to Mexico for God knows what. She didn't necessarily say you can't trust. She says you don't trust anybody. Oh, well, that, that too. But he's never trusted Nacho from the get-go. Nacho only earned a modicum of trust with the stunt he pulled at the, the safe house. So, oh, And also, to be fair, Nacho in the, this last episode looked more and more nervous. Can I get out of this like now? And it makes me wonder, will he make a mistake that gives his position up? I think he still has some utility to both Lalo and Gus. Yeah, and I just can't see taking a major character like Nacho off the board for the remaining 13 episodes. Oh, here's producer Jake. Back at it again. <laughs> Come on, guys. Like, I'll put it this to you then, Jake. Yeah. Any deaths next episode? Any deaths in the finale? Anyone? Period. Uh, I will predict the deaths. Will there be blood? There will be blood. <laughs> it does look like there will be blood, but it could just be a, a superficial wound. <laughs> it could be uh, <laughs> killing man. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it could be like the the scene when the twins went haywire on the housing projects and uh nacho took a bad bullet i don't know i don't know that it has to be that way to amp everything up and put us on the edge for what's going to happen next season i mean from a storytelling perspective a narrative perspective there will be blood that's for sure i would agree the title is something unforgivable oh boy every time they put up the script it's always title tbd have you ever noticed that i guess because they don't name them until they're well into production interestingly enough let's run through these titles all right magic man is a quote 50 percent off is a quote the guy for this is a quote namaste is a license plate Dedicado a Max is an inscription. Yes. Yep. Wexler versus Goodman, neither a quote nor an inscription, but is like a legal joke, essentially. I feel like that one might have been named in advance. JMM is an inscription. That's nice, dude. Bagman is a quote. Bad Choice Road is a quote. And then something unforgivable. Probably a quote. Definitely not an inscription. Doesn't say. <laughs> it's Kim's new tramp stamp. Unless she went and skied it into the car. <laughs> we get to see Kim do the jump now. Fuck this car. I was surprised, by the way, that they didn't flatbed the car. Not that that would be an easy extraction. <laughs> but given the, the length that Gus goes to cover. Yeah, the esteem. Thank you. That's the deleted scene we need, right? The, a five second shot of the dudes in the flatbed. Driving by, looking at the esteem, looking at each other, shrugging and driving <laughs> off. 
Gus spares no expense on these things. They lost $500,000 or so on the drop money with Hank. Oh, man. He's racking up quite a tab in this season. Now they lose $7 million of the cartel's money. I was just glad it wasn't the Germans' money. You know what I mean? Fucking Schuler can't take any more losses. <laughs> he can't cover these losses. He's stressed out. What kind of hug you'd have to give him in that scenario? <laughs> <laughs> Something tells me Lydia won't be able to provide. You'd need some new curly fries to cover that shit. (laughs) Thank you so much for joining us this week on the TV Book Club. As we talk about this sensational season of Better Call Saul, only one more left. Oh, my God. See you next week. You drink one, drink two, drink three Long Island iced teas. But your buddy's worse off and he throws you his car keys. Blue lights are blinking four o'clock in the morning. State Trooper makes you wish that you'd never been born. Better call Saul, better call Saul. You want to tell the world you're in love with a girl named Fran? So you find an overpass and you say it with a spray paint can. Blue lights start a blinking, those handcuffs click. You know who to call and you better call quick. Saul, Saul, you better call Saul. You'll fight for your rights when your back's to the wall. Stick it to the man, justice for all. You better go solve. Shopping at the Walmart short, just a couple of beans. There's a George Foreman grill down the back of your blue jeans. They caught you at the checkout, the blue lights blink. Only one got a call, cause the others all stink. Better call Saul, better call Saul. Your husband disappeared in a most convenient way. Now your troubles are gone, his insurance will surely pay. You get to the bank, but the cops say, whoa, who you gonna die when they lock you down cold? Saul, Saul, you better call Saul. He'll fight for your rights when your back's to the wall. Stick it to the man, justice for all. Saul, Saul, you better call Saul. You'll fight for your rights when your back's to the wall. 